Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science and audio a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Jim Lillig, Director of Digital Marketing at Remke Industries. Hey, Jim, great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. I appreciate it. You're very welcome, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. 2022. There's a lot of twos in there, isn't there? A lot of twos. Let's hope it's better than 2021. Oh, well, I don't know. We were up 26% in sales, so I, yeah, I, hope, it, I hope it's just as good or better. So. Okay, yeah, I, I guess I guess I should qualify that statement. It d- depends what you mean by better. So anyway, let's hope it's better in terms of pan- global pandemics. How about yes, that? Yes, yeah, I, I would like to be able to go outside without a mask somewhere. So That, that nice. would be nice eventually. Okay, so, so tell us a little bit about your background and about your role at, at Remke and about Remke itself. Sure, no problem. I started off in digital marketing in 1996, and so that makes me a dinosaur. Uh, people used to tell me, ah, nobody uses the internet. There's three guys in New Jersey, and they live in their mom's basement. That's the only people who use it. And I said, well, I don't think that's true. And so I persevered through that. I was a painting contractor out of college, and I worked for Aramark. And so I had a whole career long before I ever uh, got into the internet. But once I did, I immersed myself in it and actually ended up doing a startup that's still running today. I kind of sold my way out of it, but that startup led to several other startups in the data space. And then the next thing you know, you're moving right along. And I put the first ad up on Google. So I have the time I linked in if anybody's interested, but that led me to like, you know, really want to be on the cutting edge. So I also opened up the first CPA mobile ad network uh, a number of years ago, worked for OfferVault for a couple of years, uh, which is the CPA network uh, clearinghouse, kind of like a Google for cost per action deals that you can put on your website. And then I ran my own agency for a dozen years and then started working for Bosch Tools to 2014, did that for about four years, did all their digital marketing in the North American market and helped them, you know, gain an extra $15 million in sales through online webinars and and really kind of a a content-based strategy to take advantage of some changes in the OSHA rules. And then ended up here at Remke to basically take over the whole digital transformation of their business. They've been in business 57, 58 years now. And, you know, they were doing print advertising when I got here. And I'm like, well, you know, we might want to take a look at that. Mm -hmm. And, And say a few words about Remke. What is the Remke Industries is located in Vernon Hills, Illinois, about 25 miles northwest of Chicago. We make electrical connectors, cabling solutions for industry. So if you're Ford and you have to move a bunch of robots that assemble cars, you've got cables to those robots. We make those cables. Or if you need to hold cables into something else, this is this is a cord grip. I don't know if you can see that. Hmm. Not particularly exciting. Nobody goes to bed losing sleep over core grips, that's for sure. And it's a commodity. So from my perspective, there's nothing special about the product because it's like a nail to a carpenter. No carpenter ever asked, I'll have the sharper nail. It doesn't <laughs> exist. So from, from a marketer's perspective, I have to find the unique selling points, the USBs, for our company over and above the product. The other handcuff that we have at Remke is the fact that we're a $20 million company and everyone in our industry is a billion dollar plus company. 
So I'm kind of this tiny little gnat on the on the butt of a giant gorilla trying to make it their life really miserable. And we do. We score number one in SEO and we continually beat them in pay-per-click. I, I do things that they would never have a chance to do because they have to they have two hundred thousand SKUs. We have twelve thousand. So they can go they have to go very wide with their efforts. I can go very deep with my efforts. So it makes it very easy for me to score well and beat them at their own game in many cases. Okay, very cool. So you, know, you mentioned SEO, and that's what we're going to dig into a little bit here. And uh, you mentioned also that you were you you were hired to modernize marketing at the company, right? Go from yeah. print to digital, do the digital transformation. And as you just described, there's been a big focus on SEO. Now you could have mm-hmm. hired an SEO agency, but you didn't because. In your own words, when we spoke a few weeks ago, in your own words, you said most SEO agencies suck. Yeah, and yeah, 99.9% of them suck. And I'll tell you why. Because okay. most of the time they're offering short-term on-page updates of code that can easily be done through Yoast or Rank Math or any of the, 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 the pieces that you can do for um, content. But for the most part, they don't have the tribal knowledge to understand your product or service at a very, very base level. Now, if you sell shoes, I guess that would be easier. But most people who want to do SEO have a particular product or service that are based in a particular location, right? So that's the, the difficulty is, is that most SEO companies are very, very, very generic. They're, they know how to do it, but uh, SEO, I, I mean, I've been doing SEO since Ask Jeeves. So not to date myself, but I am old. And, you know, the thing, some things never change about SEO. It's an art and a science. I I just schooled uh, my old boss who opened his own company and wanted to know how to make his page rank well. Well, that's, you know, that could be 3,000 hours of my time to, to teach him how to do that. And so the biggest thing is, and I always tell people that, you know, there's no fast. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And there's no easy way to do SEO. It's just, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. It's it's really what it is. And if you don't do all of them, you're not going to score well. So it's a matter of having the tribal knowledge of your own business to understand how to do the keyword research, then using tools like Ahrefs, SEO, SEMrush, Moe's, all of those help you, even, even keywords everywhere, which I really like, those tools help you understand what the universe of search looks like, right? And then you start to pare down what you want to score well for. And then you start to build those pages around what you want to score well for, right? It's not a matter of, it's a lot, it's the chicken and the egg, right? I want to score well for this. So I have to do my research and I have to build the page for that. Then I have to start building authority to that page, right? That That's how SEO works. Most SEO companies, I'm not saying all of them, there's a few good ones out there. I won't, I won't name them by name, but I would only use two or three different ones in, in, in all of it. I will mention Dory Friend because she trains the best SEO peoples in the world. So Dory, D-O-R-I, Friend, F-R-I-E-N-D, you can look her up. Very, very good. Those are the sorts of stuff that you want somebody advising you. But if, you're, if you have your own marketing department, I would say you want to be in charge of your SEO as much as possible because you have that tribal knowledge of your product. The SEO company is going to be able to go around it, but they're they're practitioners. They don't live and breathe your product every single day. I had a client, a cigar guy, and 
in 12 years, he had 11 SEO companies. Now, not one of them was located stateside. There's nothing wrong with people that aren't located stateside. The problem is, is that they think they can apply a formula mm. and there is no formula for SEO. Each, each, each situation is different and you have to approach it that way or you'll just be lumped in with everybody else. We, we've put pages up that score on the first page within a day, even in today's stuff. And that's, that's without any backlinks. That's without anything. It's all just pages. But I'm going after like a key term, like quarter inch stainless steel cord grip. Okay. I didn't go for the word cord grip, although we do score number one for the word cord grip. Not, not my choice. I didn't want to do that. Um, but my boss thought that that was going to be like the best thing. And I said, no, I'd rather score for quarter inch stainless steel cord grip because that guy's going to buy a quarter inch stainless steel cord grip. I'd mm -hmm. rather score for the deep long tail than score for the big term, because that could be a kid doing research. It could be anybody as far as that. If you really know what you want, you use more words. Mm hmm. So it sounds like one thing that, that you said that really struck me is there's no formula for this. There's no easy way to do it. There's no cutting corners. It sounds like you, you have to really know your products well, and you have to really know your audience well to mm -hmm. understand what they're looking for and how they think about the kind of products that they're searching for. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's all about intent. So I know we're not talking about pay-per-click, but when I revamped the pay-per-click here, they were spending three grand a month and getting no conversions, no nothing. What, when I revamped the entire pay-per-click system here, it, we, we brought it into focus for intent. And intent is answering questions. Okay, because so you've got four buckets in, in, in search. You've got generic, which is just a generic term like cord grips. You've got brand, which would be Remke cord grips or anything with the word Remke or my name. You've got competition. You've got like, you know, Thomas and Betts cord grips. Okay. And then you've got intent. And that is, how do I use a cord grip? Where can I find your cord grips? Things like that, where you have to answer somebody's question. And I always tell, well, mentees, I've got several people that I mentor, but, and I've taught classes on this, but basically what it comes down to is if you, if you want to, engage somebody first you got to know who you're looking for and you got to know what they're looking for so you got to get mm. you got to be like a little parrot behind you behind that and on the shoulder of person searching and get behind their brain mm -hmm. why are they asking that question from an seo perspective that's really really important and from a pay-per-click perspective it's even more important because you can piss away money in pay-per-click faster than almost any other thing online hmm so we used to see it for mesotheliomia. You see a lot of different things. But for what we do, we really try to really tightly target our audience to the, to the, to the targeted titles that we're looking for. So electrical engineers, I'm looking for project managers. I'm looking for project engineers, electrical foremans and estimators, purchasing people, all within the chain of decisions for who's going to buy a cord grip. So you said... You have to know not just what people are searching for, what questions they're asking, but why they're asking that question. Right, because then you're going to understand how to answer it. Okay, so but walk me through that a little bit. Why mm -hmm. why do you need to know why they're asking the question? So that I can anticipate the so I can anticipate the answer. 
So if I know what they, if I know who it's asking and why they're asking it, so why would somebody ask for a stainless steel core grip? Well, a stainless steel core grip is really only used in very harsh environments, something where you have washdowns, where you have chemicals, where you have a, a, a lot of splash over. Nobody's going to put a red, if they just, if it's just a core grip on the side of a building or inside of a building that doesn't have any splash, they're going to use a standard core grip, aluminum core grip. But if you know the intricacies of a product, you know why people use that product and what mm -hmm. applications it goes to. Now you can start saying, oh, for your high temp applications for this stainless steel, you wouldn't say that about an aluminum core grip because you wouldn't use it in, in that instance. So you really have to understand your product and you have to understand the way that it's used and then translate that into words that then tell the end user, you know what their pain is. And you mm -hmm. do that in your meta description. Okay. So that comes back to what you were saying about the tribal knowledge that you really right. have to, and, and why hiring some third party company that doesn't have that depth of knowledge, it just stands to reason they wouldn't be able to go as deep. No, not at all. And, and, and while, like I said, a good SEO company will take the time to learn mm -hmm. that tribal knowledge from you. And it should be in their plan. But most of them give you a lighthouse report, which anybody can get. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to get. But you, can, I don't know how many SEO companies will pass that off as their own report and mm -hmm. what have you. It, there's not, there, nobody's doing anything special on that. They have to really dig into your numbers, into your Google Webmaster account, into your search console, and really start to get into why people come to your page. How long do they spend on your pages? We have a page on our site for RJ45 connectors, right? Well, RJ45 connectors are very, very good. Are, are, they use them a lot in data centers, okay? And we happen to have a supplier that from Germany that's very, very good. Well, we never had that product two and a half years or two years ago. We scored a number on the first page within the first, we beat Amazon. Well, we don't beat Amazon. Some days we beat Amazon. Um, but for the most part, we're within the first three for RJ45 connectors. And that never happened. And we were so surprised of why it, why it happened. Now we're selling those crazy, but all because we knew what it was being used for tight spaces in distributions or in data centers and also networking applications as well too. So we made sure that that page had all of those elements uh, mm -hmm. within that and then answered the questions that people were looking. Does it, is it shielded? Is it 360 degrees shielded? All these things are being explained within the words on that page. Okay. So you have this strategy in place. So, so give me, give us an example of the kind of results you've been seeing. I mean, you've given a couple examples already of ranking mm -hmm. for this product on the first page, but give us, give us kind of an overall, like an overview of over the past year or so, like how well the strategy has worked for you. Well, over the last, the last year, we've seen a, we had uh, in 2020, we did 1.74 million impressions. In 2021, we saw a 50% increase of that to 2,602.65 million. Okay. So from 1.74 to 2.65 million. Now, a lot of that has to do with adding keywords that we're tracking in our, in our space, but, you know, we also see the organic side of, of the traffic that we're not optimizing just pages that show up because we, we put the things in place. We didn't know what was going to, we didn't know what the people were, were asking, but we put the answers out there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we didn't know what the, we didn't know what the ask was, but we put answers like having an FAQ, 
right? Mm -hmm. you, you're anticipating what the answers are. And if you're listening to your uh, uh, customer service people, you should know what your FAQ is because they're the ones who are going to be answering it on there. But if you start listening to all the pieces of your company, this is why having Salesforce or a CRM is really important to be a single source of truth for your company, which we did install Salesforce. And we're starting to get, I'm starting to get the company to understand what single source of truth means. They have an ERP. They're very tied to their ERP. Their ERP is not a CRM. Let me repeat that. An ERP is not a CRM. So all the C-suite folks that think that their ERP should be a CRM, they need to stop thinking that because it doesn't do what they want it to do. It's going to be very production-based. It's going to be very, you know, accounting-based, but it's not going to be sales-based. And that's where you really need to look at these numbers. A lot of what we do can't be attributed to our efforts because we sell through distribution. 90% mm -hmm. of our stuff goes through distribution. Online sales is only 1% of our total sales. So, I mean, we don't really figure that into it. Matter of fact, we just recently took the price off the website because the previous regime that put the, the website up didn't have any clue of what they had. They had no strategy. They're like, yeah, we should sell stuff. Well, okay, but the people who brought you to the party are these distributors. And, you know, distributors don't particularly like manufacturers competing with them. Turns yeah. out. And so we had to price things on our website so high that when people came to our website, they thought, oh, that's the price. It's seven dollars and ninety two cents when they could have gone to distribution and got it for four twenty five. But mm -hmm. we had to put it so high. So I said, well, get rid of price off the website. An anonymous user doesn't do me any good whatsoever. So get them to fill out a form. If they're really serious, they'll fill out a form. Now, we instituted another thing called Trace Parts that allows people to download CAD drawings in 60 different formats. That allows me to get a form fill from somebody who I know now is putting my image in their BIM or their building in, in, infrastructure plans. So I got a really good shot at getting that job. Matter of fact, we closed 50% of those sales. So just little things like you know, thinking about mm -hmm. the strategy, thinking about what the user experience is and not pissing somebody off, but getting what I want, as well as giving the end user what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see companies making with SEO? Oh, that's, uh, I don't think we have enough time. Some of the biggest mistakes is number one is that they think that it's, it's a sprint. It's not, it's a marathon. You don't see short-term results unless you're really good at what you do and you really know what you're going after. You can see short-term results, meaning getting stuff on the first page of Google, but it's going to not be for something that has 10,000 searches a month. It's going to be for, like I said, quarter-inch stainless steel cord grip with internal NPT threads. Okay, that's a really long keyword to optimize for, but I'll tell you what, that guy is going to buy. Mm -hmm. So that's... I don't really care about the tire kickers. I want the buyers. I want the people that know what they're looking for. Because let's think about my position in the market. I'm a manufacturer. Why would anybody come to my website? They can get all my data on hundreds of distributor sites. All of our data is sent all the way around through IDEA and a number of other outlets mm -hmm. that, that you know, synopsize our data and then vanillaize it for, for, for distributors. So why are they here? they can get that information. Do they want to know the company behind it? Yeah, sure. That's what I use. That's what I use social media for is to tell people we're made in USA, you know, all day long because all of our billion dollar competitors, guess where their stuff is made? Not here. 
So my ads show a big boat that says, hey, if you ordered from us, your order wouldn't be on that boat. It'd be on your loading dock. So like I said, I don't have any distinct product advantages other than we can get it to you fast. We make it in the USA. You're keeping people working in the United States. We have low minimum orders. And guess what? We're humans. We're easy to do business with. Mm -hmm. And I know that because our NPS, our net promoter score is 80 plus. You know who else is 80 plus? Costco, Tesla, pretty much it. So no one in our industry, our industry's average is like seven or minus seven on it as far as that. People don't really like to do business with them because they don't, um, you know, they don't give them what they need. I mean, we, we will say yes when most of our competitors say no. But the, the, the biggest mistakes from an SEO's perspective is, number one, is not understanding the dynamic between the end user and your product, right? Why does your end user use your product? If you don't know that, then you have no, no business doing SEO. Okay. Second thing that the biggest mistake that I see in SEO is if you're not going to do it yourself, you're not vetting the companies that are doing the SEO for you very well. Okay. There's a great company and I'll give one plug, Daniel Dye, native rank out of Colorado. Fantastic company does native advertising, local advertising, local SEO, probably the best company I've ever worked with. They're, they take the time to sit you down and put you through as the client a whole series of questions that they now can then understand your business from that from, from the perspective of the person searching for you. It's not about you. I, I've been in plenty of meetings where uh, this, the CEO of the company, when I was a consultant, the CEO would walk in and go, well, last night I was on the website. And I don't like, and, and, and you kind of have to go, oh, 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 let's dr- pull out the emotion. Let's drop out the gut and drop in the data. Now, mm-hmm. what does the data say? Well, people like this page because they, because they spend a lot of time on it. Plus, if I look at the, the heat map and I look at all these things, I can pretty much tell what on that page should stay and what should go. And a lot of people, a lot of times what, what SEO practitioners will do is they'll, they'll say, look, if you had a page that did this, you could score well for it. But then they, the company doesn't listen to the agency because that would take more work and that's going to cost mm. them more money. So they're like, well, what's the cheapest thing we can do? Well, let's put up a blog post. Okay, well, a blog post is fine. You can do so much linking with it. But if you don't have the golden triangle, which your money site at the top, your blog over here and your exact match domains over here that you own, if they're not all leading up to here and going back and forth between each other, you're not going to satisfy Google's authority. And when you don't satisfy Google's authority, Google doesn't care about you. And the last thing it is, is that most people don't write for two audiences. They try to write for humans. Well, if you write for humans and you don't write for robots, guess what? No one, no human will ever see it. So you have to write for a robot first and then make it palatable to a human. If you write for a robot first, you're going to get into Google's uh, vision. Once you get into Google's vision and you start to see where you rank, now you can start playing with the way that you put things on the page, the way that you name things. Um, once again, death by a thousand paper cuts. Everything has to line up. The name of the page, the title of the page, the image names, the alt tags, the words on the page, the H1s, the H2, all of it has to line up. And if you don't do it, you're, you're, you're going to miss the boat on there. Most cases, most terms aren't that competitive. You just have to know what you're doing. 
And that's where it comes down. Like manufacturers like myself, we have it much easier because we're not going after, you know, the, the general public trying to sell them, you know, red Nikes, right? Yeah. If I was trying to sell red, red Nikes, I would have to pay my way into that, right? Because this yeah. is the competition is just too much. But for what we do, SEO is is relatively not simple, but it, it, it it's much, there's a much clearer vision for us than somebody who sells to the general public. Okay. Wow. A wealth of information there. So final question, Jim. What's your advice for marketers tasked with boosting SEO at their company? Have a plan. Number one, know what you want to boost, right? So it's great to say, you know, uh, Jeremy, we're going we're gonna to boost SEO, right? Well, it's, it, it, first of all, you don't boost your SEO. Google boosts your SEO. You can try to affect Google's interpretation of your pages by doing different things on page for the most part you're not going to have much success if you don't really understand, you know, the inner workings of, of, of Google's algorithm. And nobody really understands. I mean, you can listen to all the experts as far as uh, until you until cows come home, you just have to do it and then see what it is. Now, if you don't know how to submit your page through webmaster inspection that I would say, go learn that because that, that, that makes it much easier because you don't have to wait for Google to come. The other thing that I would say is uh, advice is, Think about it like uh, a cat at your back door. So if you uh, put milk out once and a cat comes and then you never put milk out again, the cat's going to come, but it's not going to keep coming if there's no more milk, right? So from an SEO perspective, that's Google. Google's the cat at your back door. If you don't put milk out every couple of days and train it to come to your site all the time for new content or to look for stuff, it won't. That's why you have to understand you know, the, the relationship, like I said, the golden triangle, you have to understand the relationship between your blog, between your money site, which Google wants to be a money site. It wants people to do that. But on the blog, it wants you to explain the things that are on the money site. And, you, and the money site needs to have a place where authority can be explained about a particular product. So if I have a product like an RTK, I'll, I want to go back and explain what an RTK is in a much longer article so that I can get some authority. Now, once I link back to that page from that Google, from, from that blog post, that, and Google picks up my blog post, now I'm going to, now that page on my money site is going to raise up, right? So it's, it's about having that plan and understanding that you can't do everything at once. So what we do with SEOs, we, we have a map and we try to say, okay, we're going to do aluminum core grips. We're going to do stainless steel core grips. And we start breaking it down into smaller chunks. Then once you break it down into smaller chunks, then you can say, okay, what product am I making the most amount of money on? Let's go after that one first, right? And then down the line, down the line, or what do I want to dominate with? And then you really have to lay it out. I mean, SEO isn't a matter of just doing it once in a while. I have a guy on staff who 70% of his job is SEO. That's how important it is. And, and the reason it's important is because SEO is the lowest cost, long-term driver of quality traffic to your website. You will not get a lower cost, no matter what you do. Even buying on Facebook, which is really cheap, but it's dirty. Because, you know, they're not there to buy cord grips. <laughs> As it turns mm -hmm. out, they're there to, you know hang out with their friends. Now, if I sold something like a, a, a bright light for, you know, to get rid of sads, that would be great. Right. But I don't. So you got to know where, where your audience is, who your audience is and what they're going to be interested in, and then meet them where they're at. 
the or the SEO should take care of itself. If you're if you don't know what the hell you're doing, then really take the time to interview SEO companies, compare and contrast, ask to talk to their customers, because you're not going to this. This is not a short term decision. If it is, then you're my guy selling cigars and he's never going to beat his competition because he can't make a commitment and he didn't get the results he wanted in the first six months. And, you know, they were all offshore, so he couldn't really talk to them. He didn't understand what they were saying. Don't make that mistake. The best way to do it is take your time, understand what you want out of it, what your goal is, instead of letting the, the agency dictate your goals. I always say that when I, when I own my own agency, I'm like, look, if you're here for me to give you your strategy and your direction for your business, I, nobody can do that. You have to tell me. I can help you implement plans and tactics on technologies that will help you get there. But if you don't know what your plan and strategy is and you come to a, a, an agency and you want them to do that for you, chances you got like a one in 1000 chance of, of being successful. So that's my advice for anybody that has is tasked with SEO. If you can't do it yourself or you don't want to hire somebody in-house to really delve into it, and that's what I would say is the number one thing to, to, to really do is to find a practitioner and, and just let them do what they do, you know, and, mm-hmm. and get them into a plan. If you can't do that, then at least, um, you know, find an agency you're comfortable with that has very, very good references and then, you know, sign them on for at least two years. If they can't show you results, like I, I'm not going to say that you're going to see a 50% increase in impressions or a 20% increase in clicks. That's somebody who here, I, I hit him every day. Like, a, you know, I mean, I literally hit, that's his job and he knows it. And when he doesn't get results, he hears it from me. So mm-hmm. just stay on them. That's what it is. And then other than that, pay-per-click, help, we use organic traffic to help us understand our pay-per-click strategies. So what, what's popular in organic, we then transfer that into strategies to take advantage of it in pay-per-click. Wow, Jim. Well, that was, that was quite uh, an offering of advice. So much there, so much great stuff. I mean, I feel like if you ever wanted to, you could open your own SEO agency. I, I did. I had my own agency for a dozen years. I, I, oh, I, got, okay. tired of tra- I got tired of tracking down money and, and what have you as far as that. I, I like it. I just prefer the reason I work here is because a Bosch was 400,000 employees. So no matter what I told them, by the time it got three levels up, it was all bastardized and never got done the right way. Yeah. Um, and whatever number of different reasons, but here, the beautiful thing is they've given me the, well, first, when I first got here, I had to rip everything down. I mean, I literally had over the last two years, I saved them a quarter million dollars by not doing the things that they were doing. And, and I mean, I, I basically said, look, here's the data. Nothing good is coming from what's going on. I see no traffic from these places and I see absolutely no conversions. So we ripped all that down. It took me six months to get rid of everybody and get rid of every all the relationships we had and pay off the people we had to pay off and get done. Then I started building a, a, a complete uh, marketing stack from mm-hmm. the ground up like you know i use sales intel and seamless for my research i use terminus and stack adapt for my programmatic media i use linkedin for other campaigns and then all that feeds into salesforce so mm-hmm. it, it, you know i i've gone whole hog into abm and account-based marketing because for us i need to just talk to electrical engineers and purchasing agents at say wastewater plants in southern california i can mm-hmm. do that with what i've built 
Yeah. I can tightly target that to just the companies I want, to just the titles I want at those companies. Then I show them ads for three to five weeks. After that, I start sending emails to the people at that company that fill out the titles that I, I'm looking for. My open rates um, without ad support were about 4% on cold, on cold emails. My ad, my open rates with ad support are anywhere from 12 to 22%. And even I've had it as high as 78% in the open mm. rate. So it's a matter of plan the work, work the plan. If you, mm -hmm. if you don't do, if you just keep throwing money at stuff and, oh, geez, I should do social media. Well, if you don't know why you're doing social media, don't do it. Right. <laughs> I mean, our social media is, we're a good place to work. We're an American company. And our employees love working here. That That's the message we put out. Other mm. than that, people aren't buying off of social media. They're not going to buy a cord grip off of social media. Yeah. <laughs> they care less. So for me, it's about planning and, and executing. Um, and once you do that, you know, it's it's looking at the numbers and then pivoting based on, on the results. Wow. Well, Jim, thanks so much for, for all of this, for a great conversation. I feel like I learned a lot. I need to get my SEO game in order. <laughs> so thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.